All right. Welcome back to another episode of Wet and Dry, the Kayaking Podcast. Today, streaming out of two different time zones at the same time. Me right now, I'm in Zambia. And uh, Brent, whereabouts in the world are you these days? Dude, Pukon Kayak Retreat, Chile. I'm so stoked to be back here. It is, it is beautiful, man. Like sunshine, high water levels, plenty of waterfalls to tick off. Life is good, bro. That's great to hear. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Eh? What's what's been changing out there? I see the the wall behind you is freshly painted. That looks fancy. What else is new? Bro, they did such a wild job here renovating. Like me and David, um Sodomka are staying in this like bubble hut thing. It's it's insane, dude. It's it's bougie AF. It's it's super fancy, really like hipster and nice and like honestly, like it would be like a romantic getaway, I think, for a lot of people. But uh, instead, it's just me and David chilling in there. <laughs> maybe it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> Beautiful. Dude, it is amazing, though. You can, like, you can, like hear the, um, the Chankura River, like, flowing past you. And there's, like, a deck to do yoga on. It's sick. I love it. Nice. So that's, like, a one week for you now in Chile or something, right? Uh, yeah. Right around a week. Um, was a little bit delayed because Air France lost my windsurfing equipment that I flew here with. Um, but I had the air tag. I had the air tag in it. So as I was getting on the plane, it was like, bump, Brent's kayak has been left behind. And I was like, no, damn it. <laughs> um, but fair, fair play to Air France. They, that is, yeah, my windsurfing equipment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, I was, I was really, I was really stressed because I didn't know what piranha kayaks were down here and what I would have to use. And I knew the water was going to be high and I just wanted my large scorch, you know? And uh, going to the check-in desk, I was there early AF to check in. Um, and it was like, the airport was like dead quiet. And I walked up to like the business class check-in desk and they just, I don't know, like they just treated me like I was business class or something. They didn't care. Someone helped me carry the windsurfing equipment to the oversized place. It was amazing, dude. But one of the smoothest airport check-ins I've ever had with a kayak. So. Shout out Air France team, Manchester Airport. Appreciate you. Very nice to hear. Especially now when we were in Brazil, right? We had the same issue like South America. So tricky to fly kayaks there as long uh, as it says on paper. But then having like such a smooth ride on our end and then on yours, that's good to know because I was really getting concerned about getting boats down there. It's going to be a bigger issue nowadays, but sweet ass. Actually, funny enough, we had some people here lose their kayaks as well. And AirTags also save their asses. Um, seems like that's the way to go, huh? I got to throw one on my shit for sure. So handy. Dude, it truly is. Although although I would say that maybe the Tile one that works off um, like Android phones as well is maybe more useful depending where you're flying in the world. Because there was a period uh, in Chile where they were getting my boat delivered. Long story, we got the kayak delivered to David's mechanic. And uh, there it was like offline. And I guess that's because maybe there was no iPhones nearby or something. But I was, I was getting stressed. But obviously it worked out. <laughs> Beautiful. So now it's you, David, Mati. And that's the crew. Who are you rolling with? Dude, yeah. Dude, I'm Mrs. Matty, Sarah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's me and David traveling around, as you know, as, as we all normally do, spend time with a big guy. And uh, and then really cool that Matty D is out here and he's brought his girlfriend with him and they're off. They've got this um, camper van and they're off on like a four month travel bender here in Chile. 
And uh, she's been pretty understanding, man, of Matty's need to shred and hang out with the boys. Um, and uh, she even she even helped she even helped film some clips at some waterfalls the other day. So yeah, shout out Mrs. Matty. Thanks for being a sweetheart and understanding how important kayaking is. <laughs> cool, cool. So I was actually wondering about this today. It's been as the Facebook memories have been showing exactly seven years to the day when we first started to go on a trip together with Dane and Caleb and as the four of us in Send. Uh, before we dive into that deeper later, I was wondering, like, have you done any runs so far? We've done back then as well. And how does that compare? Because I haven't been in it quite a few years. I'm frothing to go and just like do the same thing again and just see how far things have come since, you know? <laughs> yeah, mate, exactly. I've, I've been hitting up the classics here in Pukon, you know, like... Um, Very quickly, we went to Tomatita, and that was just beautiful to fly off it. And, you know, seven years later, a lot more waterfall experience and confidence. And me and Matty did it five times, um, did it like three times one day and then camped out and did it two times early morning. But so David could get these beautiful shots of the sun rising um, with the volcano behind us. Gorgeous photos, man. He did a great job. But like, I was like, damn, I would have been intimidated by this back in the day, you know, like to get up. I don't think I even brushed my teeth. I drank like half a coffee with Matty and then that was it. Bam, falling, like flying off a 55-footer twice, you know? And uh, it just felt normal and it felt really good. And oh, it's such a beautiful waterfall, man. There was um, like the right-hand side of the bank had collapsed and there was a tree in it when I was there. So it's not like I was looking to throw much down with the freestyle in the large scorch, but that, that right-hand side of the drop was off limits for sure. Didn't want to mess around with that. But I would love to come back here with a, a smaller kayak and just do like a downriver freestyle trip. Yeah, um, that waterfall. Yeah. But yeah, dude, I was on Nevados. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, it really does. And that that boil is so kind, you know. Like I started off fairly conservative with my lines, you know, like getting the nose down and stuff. And by the end of it, I was like really confident, just airing out, scrubbing the nose a little bit, and landing underneath the feet. But like you know like not vertical and tucking you know like flying out from it for david and his camera so it's it's a really kind landing zone i would say for for landing a bit a bit flat or a bit nose up um i did i did um i did uh nevados with um with santi from notorious media tent and he's obviously a local knows all the lines and he was just bombing us down there great beta great times and It was my first time doing that run with like a good amount of water in it. And what a treat that river is, man. It's like, now I understand the hype behind it, you know, whereas when we were there, it was sort of low and scrapey and it was, it was good. It was a dream to kayak down that river, but I, I didn't fully understand the hype. And now I do, man, with water, it's so smooth. The booths are so good. The skips are great. It's, it's an amazing river. No, it really changes it there, especially the top bit or like the narrow shitty slots becomes this like actually padded out stuff. You can move forwards, you can just smash laps. It is it is truly something different. But then that means them shits is out still, right? Ah, uh, depends who you are, man. <laughs> so like I uh I went for it, obviously. I was pretty high. Like Santi was saying like I went off it and Santi was saying it's probably one of the higher laps of it ever. Um but Oh my God, it was quick, dude. You know, but I was, I was like, it's high. You know, you can't do that nice Eddie move on the right to set you up. But 
I think I can deal with it and I feel like I have to fly off this thing, you know? And for anyone listening that doesn't know, I, I was basically adopted by the Demshits crew and that waterfall is called the Demshits drop. So I felt like I had to, had to do it and I felt like I could do it even though the water was high and it was burly. It was insanely quick, dude. Like I, like, I had like a weird little seam line wobble as I was coming into the, the first booth. Boofed it, got a little bit wet. The kayak went down, it came back up and that was it. I was just falling through through the waterfall. I was like, oh my God. And uh, it was all good. Santi was down there doing safety for me and it went fine. Didn't flip at the bottom or anything. But yeah, dude, it is. I, I, I have a lot of respect for that drop at high water. Oh, for sure. I remember that clip of back in the day. Like, I think it was Tuna One or something. And he, like, runs it high and, like, his stern gets grabbed and, like, the nose comes up. And then as he's going off the fall, it's, like, falling down that way. Looks so wild. <laughs> yeah, man. Wasn't, wasn't far off that when I went off it. But we'll see. Maybe we'll stick around in Pukal. Maybe I'll get to, to do it again at a more reasonable level. But beautiful as always to fly off that thing. Um, I went to Blanco Sur for the first time, which is that beautiful, like 35 footer, maybe a touch taller, maybe it's like 40. And what a treat that is, man. Have you ever been there? Mm -hmm. It's like 15 minutes next to Tomatita. Huh? Exactly, dude. We didn't go on that first trip together as, as send. And, uh, man, it's just a treat, you know, like really nice lead in, perfect waterfall. You can, paddle behind it there's no undercuts uh, or anything sketchy about it it's just it's just a treat it's a beautiful piece of river pretty crazy um, to think you have and then we went over and Newen and tomatita within like half an hour maybe like what a wild geographical area that is did you go over to Newen? dude we went to Newen and uh it was it was lower than what i wanted And you remember when we did it for the first time, I think we were the second crew there. I think that Ian Garcia and Aniel had opened it up and then we were pretty quickly there sort of after them, you know? And when we were there, it was still really good flows for it. And there was like a thick slab of water on the lip and you could stay out and away from the waterfall. And when I went this time, the water was a lot lower and Santi was saying the lip has actually changed a bit in the past floods. And it was basically like you could only go off the right, the middle to right hand side. And on the right hand side was a seam line. And I didn't really want to just fall off it. You know, I wanted to go and fly off it and have like a really sick, steezy line. But I didn't feel like I could do that that easily at those water levels. And so I was, I was saying to Matty, you know, he was there for his redemption lap because he broke his back there, um, six years ago. And he was, he was nervous and frothing as we were driving there. And he was, he was having a hard time deciding what to do. And uh, I was like, dude, I'll, I'll go with you if you feel like you need someone to go with you. I don't mind going off it, but I don't, I'm not really that inspired by what the waterfall is going to give me. And if you want me to do safety, I can do safety. And anyway, we decided not to do it. And then the next day, so another crew went off it and they actually hit the bottom. Wild. Yeah. I remember when I was there for my second time with Evan and, oh no, it wasn't the first time with, I remember when Casey also hit the bottom, like when he went barely overboard and got smashed to the bottom. 
Oh no, that was the second time. No, 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 that was the second time I went. Dude, I don't. We had the same thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because it was just the four of us running it the first time. Yeah, I mean it's wild that waterfall. Yeah, man, I think um, seen for so many years, but it was always too shallow, and like basically, people were waiting until the bottom would like dig itself out more and more and more, and eventually, Annual decided it was deep enough and then fired it up. It's, I mean, it makes sense; it fills it, itself up, I guess, but still, like, crazy to see how much change is happening, or just over the course of a few years on that one. Yeah. No doubt, man. No doubt. But yeah, I was I was really hoping for some high water because the lines that have been going down off that thing at high water have been insane. And, you know, shout out to our mate Sophie Reynoso. She had a sick line off it. That was epic, you know? Saw that. That was dope. She crushed it. That's... Also, Killy was on a spree before he got Dude, and uh, yeah, dude, Killy had some some wicked lines. Um, I, Bryna Matitz, Matic, I forget I forget how to say his second name. Anyway, that dude also had an insane line. So like he goes out, he's airing out, he's he's in front of the waterfall the whole way down it. He goes down underneath the water, and then he like basically pops up and skips to the um to the rocks uh, in the in the eddy. You know, it was it was a crazy line, man. But yeah, that's that's what I wanted. I didn't want to get like all seamed out and like swallowed by the waterfall. And uh, now after hearing about those boys hitting the bottom, I'm pretty grateful that I, that I stuck to that decision. Sounds, sounds good, man. And now what's the plan? Kick it around in Pukon and then move further south? Or where does Baladeddy wants to move? I assume he wants to go to the Fuda pretty quickly, right? <laughs> oh, you know it, man. Um, David is in love with that river. Um, and it, you know it makes sense I've heard so much about it it sounds like the lifestyling and the kayaking is really good and really easy and chill there um, I would personally be hoping to maybe go back up to the Claro because when I flew in it was way too high um, and some some gnarly things have been going down with crews there as it spiked but um, I would I would love to go up and do that river because I've never done it before at the same time it's still really high now and you know like I'm, i've only got another few weeks here so it's just trying to decide whether to spend some time running around or to just go enjoy that good life down south and paddle some big volume on the footer and the baker mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean at the end of the day it's both really good options dude can't lose can't lose i think i think for myself i'm like i'm stoked for either of them you know it's been a big long year of waterfalls and projects and creaking so i i I wouldn't be opposed to spending some time on some bigger volume and and dialing in some techniques and just getting strong and kayaking all the time you know yeah i mean that's basically what i'm doing right now and i'm so happy about it after like all the road tripping and all that just being in my kayak on the zambezi perfect every time i come like obviously i love the zambezi but every time i come then i get like re-reminded like about the small things why i like it so much and same here it's just a good Good time to get fit, fit and get strong again. Get ready for 2024 season to kick off, and uh, yeah, finish the year strong. Yeah, mate. How's how's the Zam levels these days? Coming up now. Um, I've been running like for example nine center line until like a couple of days ago, and then just now starting to run the curler. Um, it is wild how long you can run the center. Actually, I wasn't aware of this because. Obviously, we always arrive here around Christmas, and by then it's it's gone. But you could run that for a long time, and that was really fun. But then it kind of stopped being fun because you lose that like 
boof on the green tongue and get all the acceleration towards the right, you just boof into the hole and go. So now it's curler and it's like a smoother line, but it's coming up, it's moving. Um, I'm surprised how consistent the rain season is. I don't remember it being every day, like 3 p.m. bomb, it thunders, it rains, which is nice. It makes it planable, but also you often end up on the truck in the rain. So you got to plan in advance for that. It's also really wild to see how now, you know, like the last couple of years, we always had like the same kind of people be here. Mm, I think by this point, people are yeah. on the Zambezi for two, three, four, maybe five years. So they're like, okay, I want to do something else. And now you have like a another batch of kayakers coming in. I mean, Jolly Boys is entirely booked out. I think so is 40 Towers. Sapphire is moving 50 people to the river every single day. So it is it is busy with kayakers, but just not the people we used to hang out here with, which I think is super cool. It means the word is, is spreading and people are actually aware of the river. It also means I mostly get my private pickup most of the time so I can just go, which is amazing. Uh, it saves me so much time. It is it is wild. So, yeah, no, it's, it's good out here. <laughs> Levels are moving, coming up day by day. Um, people actually also in Zimbabwe start to go from the sim side, which is cool to see. Sam is doing a great job there with his kayaking thing. Um, so yeah, it's growing. It's growing. It's it's cool to see. Nice man, beautiful to hear. Yeah, dude. I mean, the first year I went, it was like the only kayakers there. It was like literally myself and Dane, and then one crew of South Africans came. That was it, you know. So beautiful to hear that there's that many people out shredding on that river. Important as well that more people know about it and care about it. You know, as as it, its future continues to be uncertain. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's never ending story. Nothing really is happening. And you ask different people and they have different opinions. Um, really hard for me to say right now what's going on. Even being on ground, you just don't know what's happening. Like one person will tell you it's, it's happening. It's going ahead. The next guy will tell you his workers haven't been paid for half a year. They stopped working and they left the Dempsey construction entirely. Then you hear about something else. So yeah, we'll see. We're still some years out, which is great because. Initially, I thought I was going to do like two, three trips and then that thing was going to be underwater forever. Um, really nice to see that's not the case, but definitely I wouldn't bet uh, on this river existing forever. We'll see. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm screwed if they ever down it because that's my basically my retirement and my backup plan in life, you know. <laughs> I'm going to go to the Zam with my kayaks and that's it. I'm going to live in the local village, hitchhike to the top each day. That's it. I'm done. I'm happy. No problem. You get to the Fuda. Maybe that's your new plan B. It's quite similar vibes out there. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> oh man, I'm so, I'm so excited. I can't wait to to shred on that river. I got woken up today by by Benny Ma coming into our into our dome here at Tukon Kayak Retreat, and uh, dude, it was so good to see him again. It's been years now, and uh, I, he's going straight down to Fuda today. So I'm I'm pretty excited to get down there and hopefully do some shredding with Benny. That would be amazing. Good times to come. But uh, let's jump back into my Facebook memories. That every day now it's like basically the first trips of sand. Um, when we first hung out in in Pukon. I mean that kind of happened. Basically, you, Dane, and Caleb were planning to kayak together in Chile, right? How was that again, dude? So it was like. For, for me, it goes down like this of like me and Caleb were talking about what we wanted to do this winter and he was going to be down in Chile. And I was like, oh, I've never been. I really want to go. And I was like, we need a we need a crew. 
and he was like yeah well i'll bring dane and and i was like okay sick well i'll i'll ask adrian if he wants to go you know and you were already down in ecuador and so i think i flew into the local airport first caleb caleb picked me up at the bus stop and then dane came in or you came in you flew over from ecuador right yeah yeah so i was at sickler in october and caleb and dane were there and we were just chatting and before obviously like didn't hang on too much they were like yeah yeah we're gonna be in chile you should come and i was like sweet yeah let's see what's gonna happen then I ended up in Ecuador before, and it was nice, but it was low, so it was only really like class four, Boulder Garden, and whatever. And I was there for two weeks, and then like obviously that trip was going to come together, and I, I thought, okay, it's going to be easy to get from Ecuador to Chile. Turns out it's 900 euros to fly, and then scrap my last money. <sighs> I think, what was it? Maybe even Adidas back then paid my last flight, something like that, like on my last euro came over and then yeah you guys picked me up and then we we picked up dane and Temuco together and then we were like united for the first time with that red truck of of dave's yeah man and then that was it really you know we like we were just off on one like the four of us had never really hung out together as a crew and i would say that me and you were, were pretty close together and caleb and dane were pretty tight you know and it, it just all came together you know everyone got along everyone enjoyed paddling hard and like being on the water every day and trying to film and record and you know we really got lucky with so many things with water levels that trip mm -hmm. i was gonna say now that you're here this early and like see the rivers again it kind of puts it into perspective how lucky we got because i mean our trip was end of november till christmas and we ran like some of the high water stuff around christmas remember like, it was wild yeah mate really it just felt like the universe wanted that trip to happen you know like um there's been other trips where i feel like the there's been other trips where i feel like the world is against us but that trip it was just like green lights the whole time do you remember what the first thing we all kayaked together was was it the, Pal the upper palgeen i am not quite sure but i mean it's definitely possible it would be an easy one but i have this one situation in my head which i remember and i really like it it's quite picturesque I remember like we wanted to go to the Rio Florine and everybody was like, no, no, it's not good. The first drop is like blocked with a log, whatever. You can't go, blah, blah, blah. And then we're like, huh? we went there anyways. And it took us like 10 minutes to get rid of this log and this double drop where you got the first uh, kayak session cover shot. Remember that drop? And it was literally like cover 10 shot. minutes yeah. and just yeah, like, yeah. denying or like not believing people it's too low or it doesn't go or it's whatever. And we were like, no, 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 we will do it. It will be fine. And then it was perfect, you know? And I was like, okay, this is a sick crew. Like, you know, nobody's telling us nothing. We we go and see for ourselves. I quite like that moment. Yeah, exactly, man. It's it's so important, you know? There's there's so much talk in this sport, but you, you got to go and, and figure it out for yourself a lot of the time. Some Sometimes sometimes it can be invaluable <laughs> to get data from other kayaks, but kayakers, but... Some, sometimes you just got to go and test it out for yourself and normally normally it works out pretty good um but yeah man i think um i think when when we went to tomatita and the level was good and we all got to fly off that thing that was a beautiful moment to me because you know it was still fairly early days for us all with free fall back then you know dane had Dan had a bunch of experience, obviously, because he's been kayaking since he was nine, but it still wasn't like what it is now. And um, 
everyone had good lines everyone crushed all the media and then we went and we went and checked Nguyen and we found it at that perfect level but it was getting late in the day and we we're like okay okay it's not gonna drop out on us we've got to do this safely we're gonna we're gonna go back and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it tomorrow morning you know and uh and then that was it we went there and we had we had a bigger team that day as well didn't we because um Kevin from Montana came and K uh was it Casey came as well? I I definitely remember Kevin, probably Casey um, as well. And there I, were a few people to help us with media and safety. Yeah. Melissa Huxon, maybe. Any anyway, yeah. Um it was it was amazing, you know, and it was just again like another day where everything went perfectly. Everyone had good lines, no one had any big hits or impacts, shots were all good, and then just carried on going down the road. Um I really vividly remember high water middle fui. That was amazing. <laughs> that was stout, dude. That was amazing. Especially because I think I've done it before one time and then Deng did it before, but nobody really knew the lines. Keller was there too, right? <laughs> like nobody really knew the lines, basically, but it <laughs> worked out well. And then we had this crazy sun. So like we were kind of like sun slash like whiteout blinded. And I, remember like the very last rapid, this like long straightway, you couldn't really see anything. It was like, yeah, kind of stay left and eventually work your way right. And your kayak had folded on the, the waterfall. So we were like wheeling the way down. Remember that? Extra spice. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was, I was, I was basically in a prototype of the Ripper. You know, I was in an original 9R and the people listening that don't know, the middle three has this perfect big volume 50 footer. And when we were there, it was high water. So it was even bigger volume. And, uh, I remember putting in for the seal launch and it was you or Dane was like, Brent, just make sure that you boof this. And I was like, boof it. It's like 50 foot. And you were like, I promise you, you have to boof it really hard. <laughs> and I did, and I did that. And then the, the, the water falling landed on the tail of the kayak and completely compressed it and squashed it down. And so I basically had a, a nine R ripper in there. And yeah, just like you were saying, man, then, then I was wheeling down the rest of the river and trying to hold on. Yeah, no, that was an amazing trip. And then obviously like Dude. getting all the B-roll stuff, filming, us dancing around the fire, uh, flexing in, in the red truck, all of that to like then eventually come out with our very first edit of that trip. Um, I forget, did we cut it in Chile already? Well, we, we were already cutting in Chile, right? Uh, I was... Yeah, we were starting it here I and mean, then I finished it off back home. But I was I was laughing, dude, because I watched it before booking my flights this year because flights to South America were expensive this season. And I was like, do I really want to splurge all this money? And uh, I watched I watched um, Fuego, which was our edit from Chile. I and mean, then I watched um, um, Notorious Media Tents, like Chile season edit. And I was like, that's it. I'm booking my flights. We are going. And our edit man, I think Planet Earth was out at the time. You know, it had just been re released, and I was like, "God, David Attenborough is so such a sick narrator. If only we could get him." I was like, "Well, we can't get him, but we can get the next best thing, which was Dougie Cooper putting on a po his poshest British accent and doing the narration for us." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I think some beautiful moments in there. I think he recorded it on his iPhone. Oh god, dude. Yeah, that was Yeah, man. Back back before all the presets and plugins and all of that stuff. Basically, I watched a YouTube tutorial on on how to use Blender and then I made the then I made this like 3D planet thing and then it looked pretty okay, but then I put it into After Effects and then it and then you could make it pop and and do good things and stuff, but yeah, it was it was man, it was amazing. It was such a cool learning curve in all the sides of things that are important to me, you know, like kayaking and friendship and using a camera and editing. You know, it all came together on that trip. Yeah, no, very true. And then been moving ever since, I guess, because then that was end of 2016, and then the next trip already was that Uber Stout five foot month on the Little White, right? Because that was early 17. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that, that was that was wild. That month, I think, gave me the most progression I could have possibly had during that time. Just being really, really scared every single day going to the LDAP when it's really high and just making it down. Especially back then when boats didn't have like crazy rocker, or at least in my case, in the, in the spade, you know. Like, I really want to go back nowadays and just see what it feels like. But back then, it was full on. Wow. Yeah, I think it will feel a lot calmer now, you know, like, as kayak designs have moved on, as as we've gotten more experienced and stuff. But yeah, back then, dude, oh my God, I was like, I was terrified every single day that we dropped into it. And I would end the day with like, God, I hope we don't have to do that again. <laughs> and the next day, we'd go back and do it again. And, uh, man, it was, it was a wild mental battle and also like physically for me, like I was so tired by the time we got to spirit, you know, like so gassed, you know, like forearms burning, like bit out of breath, shoulders starting to get tired. Like, I think, I think now if you know the lines and you're, and you're confident out there and you're in one of these new kayaks that you could conserve way more energy, you know, but I, I'm definitely, I'm ready to go back for high water, little white. I, uh, I mean, we, neither me or, nor you sacked up to spirit above five foot, you know, whereas Benny was running it every day. <laughs> every day. And then only at five. And as soon as it would get like around four, he's like, nope, it's too low. I'm walking. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Such a G move. But, um, but yeah, man, I mean, that log jam, I don't know if it's still there, but the thought of having to drop into spirit, deal with that massive boil, fight your way out, deal with chaos, and then avoid the log jam when you're already that tired. It was just, uh, yeah, it was not for me seven, six or seven years ago. Oh, now, if, now I would be excited, but back then, whoo. Yeah. Well, let's hope for a good one. I mean, yeah. in Europe, winter is kicking off already hard and we're getting actually decent amounts of snow. I don't know about the States, but I would be so hyped for another high water season out there. It would be amazing. Yeah, either that or like sunny mid free foot laps and to do a bunch of downriver freestyle is what I'm really hoping for and really frothing to do. Yeah, I mean... You can't lose either way. Exactly. Now I'm looking forward. It should be a good one. should be a good one. So did you go kayaking today already? What's your time right now? It's like midday, right? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, man. It's, um, <clears throat> no, dude, it's, it's almost six o'clock, um, in the evening. And 
I got up, got up, met um, Santi at the lower Palgin. Did that for the first time, which was, dude, it's so good at these flows. It's a beautiful piece of river, like nice boulder garden section at the top. Then it flattens out for a little bit. And then there's a couple of like bigger, steeper pieces in there. But it's just, it's just really, really nice kayaking. And uh, that perfect um, downriver freestyle drop at the end, sessioned that a few times. And then I went to Upper Palgeen with David and he was filming me. It's high water right now, you know, so that, that rock on the 20 footer where Aniol invented the Cobra flip is firmly covered with water. It's really hard to get a nice release into the air to throw a trick. So I'm sort of having to tomahawk off it and like really force it, but still happy. Still, still got, still landed a couple. Went, did like one and a quarter on one attempt and uh took a huge hit it was it was like um it was like mike it was like mike tyson and a horse had a child and they kicked and punched me at the same time that was like that is like a huge uppercut as i landed dude it was it was brutal (laughs) then i hiked back up and did it again and got a good one nice you know why i hate um so go on a big drop my first ever big drop was Middle Palgin. Mm, this is me in the remix with a stern mount and a GoPro. Mm-hmm. Here I am really nervous, uh, sea launching into it, pushing off super hard because I've seen people like kind of ditch the sea launch and, and mess it up. So I'm, I'm skipping basically, going really quickly into the left wall, hitting the wall, falling over above the drop, back deck rolling, getting all tangled up in my nice GoPro mount, eventually laughing underwater because I'm realizing my first waterfall, I'm about to do it upside down backwards. Eventually, roll back up, all good, run it, happy lines, all good. I'm super stoked. I look back, my GoPro is still there. It's still recording, you know, like the angle is still all good. I'm really hyped. Um, this is like GoPro Hero three days. And then we do the paddle out. And then, of course, on this fucking lower Palgin, eventually there's like a, a narrow bit. And just, I put my kayak on edge, but obviously I fall that leverage. And some rock just clips that GoPro and it's gone. Just gone. I've never seen the clip. I've never retrieved it, and I was so pissed. So I do not like the lower Pergine. Fuck that stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll it's, I'll it's keep an eye out for your GoPro free. I was about to say, def- if you find the GoPro free, I'm, dude, I I brought my goggles. You know, I'll I'll stick my head in some eddies for you. That'd be hilarious if we found it. That I would definitely cool. go back, man. For like, for like me and David kayaking together, it's perfect section. You know, because He's he's a really really good kayaker, but it's there's like high water gnarly sections here, you know. And um, he did amazing down Puesco at high water. I was so impressed with him, man. Crushed it. For those that don't know, Puesco is like really steep, powerful boulder gardens for a long time, and um, you just want to make sure that you're not snowballing, you know. Like if you make a mistake, you need to fix it quickly and get back online. You know, you don't need to make another mistake and another mistake because you're gonna have a bad time out there. <laughs> and uh, I was really impressed with David; he crushed it. Um, but you know, like High Water Nevada, he wanted no part of that, and that's a fair call. You know, I think he would have been okay, but he personally didn't want it. So it is what it is. Um, but yeah, dude, he's he. Now he's got a bigger kayak, is like a completely different kayaker. Game changer. In Brazil, the same thing. Like I summoned the water for the first two minutes and I was like, see, 
look at you. You're a good character. You're a really good character. <laughs> um, just not spending like 15% on like initial stability. You can just focus on kayaking. Game changer. Yeah, exactly, man. And it's not like the kayaks he was using weren't good kayaks. He's just, he was too big for them. You know, like he is a big dude. And uh, seeing him now in a wider kayak with more volume, I'm like, dude, this is such a good thing for you. And uh, yeah, man, he's crushing. Amazing. I'm really happy to hear. That's that great. Because he was like happy but also pissed off at some things about the boat in Brazil. But I mean, it's David. He always has to be pissed off at something. Happy to hear he's, 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 he found his <laughs> Oh, our, our little ray of sunshine. No, he's a... Um, yeah, man, he's, he's enjoyed himself. He's doing good things in that kayak. But yeah, I think I think that's the thing is like you can have kayaks that are really, really good on stuff that you're very comfortable with. But when you get out onto steeper, more powerful sections, like having that little bit of forgiveness, like just transforms your experience on the river, you know? Yeah, just until, until you're fully dialed in and then maybe you could look. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Um, yeah, Puesco, man, that was so good. I was jogging the shuttle back up to get the car. Whew, that thing drops a lot, eh? Like it is so steep on the jog back up. It's uh, I think the Puesco is one of my favorite runs, maybe the favorite run around town. I, I really, really, truly enjoy that run, especially when it's high. It's like Shirley type thing. It's ah, I love it. Yeah, it's, it feels vaguely similar. At, at, I mean, you you were there at high flows as well, but at, at high flows, it feels vaguely similar to some of the moves uh, on the first rapid of a little white at high water, you know, getting busy. It's like lots and lots of little adjustments and like wiggling around and boofing occasionally. And like, yeah, it's good, man. It's a busy lap for sure. <laughs> beautiful. Well, Bran, on that note, I wish you another beautiful, amazing week shredding down south. I'm very much looking forward to what you get up to. And uh, let's chat in a week, week's time and, and see where we are. I assume lots of free food for later. Yeah, boy. Laps later, all of that. And uh, yeah. Yeah, man, I hope. I hope so, dude. And have an amazing time on the Zam. Say hi to the home team over there for me. And yeah, dude, enjoy all those big waves and holes. Will do. On that note, everybody, thank you very much for listening. We catch you guys next week. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to shoot them over actively reading and making plans. And until next time, cheer, cheer.